welcome to the Blindfold Chess Podcast. Miguel Nashdorf was a Polish-Argentinian grandmaster who was one of the strongest players to have never won a world championship. He was born on April 15th, 1910 in Grodzik, Poland. He was introduced to chess by a friend at the age of 14. His chess career began to take off around 1929 when he was almost 20 with the game now called the Polish Immortal, where he sacrificed five pieces in a 22-move victory against Glucksburg. He then won the Warsaw Championship in 1934 and placed second in the 1935 Polish Championship. During the 8th chess olympiad taking place in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Germany invaded his country of Poland. Being Jewish, along with his teammates Tower and Friedman, they stayed in Argentina. His wife, daughter, parents, and four siblings were murdered in the Holocaust. While in Argentina during the war, he set a world record for simultaneous blindfold chess games at one time by playing 40 people. Reportedly, he had hoped the news of these records would be reported in Europe and his family would learn of his whereabouts, but they had already perished before the information had arrived. He quickly became one of the strongest players in South America, playing first or second in 13 different tournaments during and shortly after the war. In 1944, he became an official citizen of Argentina. At this point, even though he was number two in the world to chess metrics, he was not a chess player professionally. He was still selling life insurance as a day job. As the world championship cycle hadn't formalized yet with tournaments around the world to help determine who the world champion caliber players would be, his victories in Prague in 1947 were downplayed, claiming that the tournament was weak. However, in 1950, he was granted the inaugural Grandmaster title by FIDE, along with 26 of his peers. He was in the Candidates Tournament in 1951, finishing in 5th, in 1953 finishing in 6th, but he could not reclimb the mountain to get to the World Championship stage. Toward the end of his career, he participated in the 1970 USSR vs. the Rest of the World match, achieving an even score against 38-year-old Mikhail Tal. During the commentary of the match, Najdorf remarked, quote, When world champion Boris Batsky offers you a piece, you might as well resign then and there. But when Mikhail Tal offers you a piece, you would do well to keep playing, because he might offer you another, and then another, and then who knows, end quote. He remained active playing into his late life. He won the South African Open at age 66, tied for fourth in the Argentinian Championship at the age of 78, and finished with a minus score in his last national championship at the age of 81. Najdorf ended up passing away from surgical complications at the age of 87. His impact on the game has been absolutely monumental. He was particularly known for his mastery of the Sicilian defense. He developed a variation of the Sicilian that is now known as the Najdorf variation, which is still played in 3% of all chess games. He defeated many of the game's greatest players, including Fischer, Karpov, and Tal. 
and created a blindfold chess record of 45 games at once that stood for over 60 years. This week, we are heading to the 1955 Argentinian Championship in Buenos Aires. Miguel Najdorf versus Ruben Chocron. Now, if we're ready, let's begin. 1. Pawn to c4. Pawn to f5. 2. Pawn to d4. Knight f6. 3. Knight c3. Pawn to e6. 4. Pawn to e3. Pawn to b6. 5. Bishop e2. Bishop b7. 6. Bishop f3. Knight c6. 7. Knight g to e2. Bishop e7. 8. Pawn to b3. Queen c8. What does the move queen to c8 help accomplish? The queen is now giving support to the bishop that is on b7. With white's bishop on f3, the knight on c6 can now freely move and the bishop on b7 is no longer hanging. Nine, kingside castle. Pawn to g5. Ten, bishop b2. Knight d8. Eleven, bishop captures b7. Queen captures b7. 12. Pawn to d5. How many pieces does black have attacking the pawn on d5? And how many pieces does white have defending the pawn on d5? Black has three of them, the pawn on e6, the knight on f6, and the queen on b7, and white has the pawn on c4, the knight on c3, and the queen on d1. As an added benefit, the bishop that white has on b2 now has a much larger diagonal given that there is no pawn on d4.
Kingside Castle. Thirteen, pawn to e4. Pawn f captures e4. Fourteen, knight g3. Pawn to b5. Fifteen, pawn d captures e6. Knight captures e6. White is currently down a pawn with knight captures e6. Does that allow the pawn on d7 to be captured? While it is legal for white to capture it with queen takes d7, the knight that is on f6 would capture the queen. So that pawn is currently defended. Sixteen, knight f5. Rook a to e8. Seventeen, knight d5. Bishop d8. Eighteen, queen h5. Queen to h5 is an incredible move from white. What happens if black were to play knight captures on h5? White would play knight to h6 checkmate, where the bishop on b2 takes out the dark squares around the king, and the knight on h6 takes out the g8 and f7 squares. Knight g7. Nineteen, queen captures g5. Knight h5. Twenty, knight h6 check. Black resigns. It might look like white is going to checkmate black here, but white just goes up a lot of material. Black will be forced onto the h8 square, after which white will play queen captures h5, since the knight on g7 is pinned by the bishop on b2, and after that, white is in complete control of the game. The knight on g7 cannot move, the bishop on d8 has no squares, the queen on b7 is severely out of play, so white can take his time in building up pressure on the king's side and continuing to collect material, while black can do nothing but suffer. It is fun to see Najdorf's aggressive style of play come into effect even in these high leverage games such as this one where it's the Argentine Championship where you are defeating the top players of a country in 20 moves.
So that is all that we have for this week. Tune in next time where we will continue to work on our blindfold skills and look at another game of The Masters.